Small Council Podcast with your king of the pod and in the pod, Drew, here, your boy, your king, back to recap and review Season 7, Episode 7, the finale for Season 7 of Game of Thrones, entitled, I think, The Dragon and the Wolf. My advisor is nodding yes, that that was the title. So we'll do a little season recap here, talk about this episode specifically, and just get all into it here in the cube today. And with me, not as always, has it's been a few weeks, but with me, my lord hand, Eric, my trusted advisor, back. How are you doing? Yeah, the hand of the king of the pot is back. Uh, I think we can, I think we can say now. I was on a uh, harebrained mission up north, doing something that made entirely no sense in order for us to win this civil war. But I think it's looking good for us. We did win. It looks looks all right. Sometimes you send the dirty dozen. Upstate, see what they can do. Sometimes you send your hand to the king with them, see what he yeah. can make happen. And who who did you bring with you on the mission? I told you, you know, stock up your group with uh, people you've met over the years that are trust trustworthy. A lot of hardy souls. We lost a lot of good men up there. <laughs> Were you the only one that survived? I am. I am uh, actually the only survivor of that trip. But uh, you know, it was worth it. I uh, single-handedly slew. The Night King, and uh, we're good. Oh, you, you got the Night King. I, I was yeah. under the uh, understanding over. that he's still alive. Okay. No, shows over. Alive, undead, whatever he is. Well, yeah, so I was doing a little misdirection on the podcast. I don't know if you, you listened up north there. I, I had actually said that I put you on suspension for treason. Um, mm, cartoon-based treason. That's right. It, it was based on a little Rick and Marty argument we are having, and it seemed like a plausible... I think everyone believed it, that that was a plausible explanation for your absence. But... It was a totally believable ruse, uh, much like the uh, sibling rivalry up north and the uh, scaredy cat you're on down south. That's right. Very good ruse. All right, but let's talk about the episode. Well, what did you think of this episode overall? Did you think it was a good capper to the season? Yes, I did. Um, a season that was at times frustrating. A lot of the plot points I've just been not here, or plot lines that I've just been not here for that I thought were kind of stupid, they all got wrapped up really nicely, um, Breaking Bad finale style, and well, now we're ready for like six episodes of things that matter happening. Yeah. Talking about frustrations, I was a bit very frustrated with episode six. Uh, it I wasn't great. Had to, I had to get on the Raven to Prince Nam about that one and uh, vent vent my frustrations there last week but i even started you know writing i even started jotting down my own armchair uh writer writer back thoughts on what to do different what could have been done better oh yeah but i will say i liked this episode is good i liked a lot of the scenes that happened but i do feel that kind of like what you're saying things were wrapped up i don't think it's breaking bad style because breaking bad episode by episode set up everything and like compared to most other TV shows had like super detail on how things were accomplished and with Game of Thrones season 7 I feel like they had where they wanted to go in this episode like it seems like they started there and worked backwards Mm -hmm. 
and then took a bunch of short, shortcuts to get there. So Yeah, I've heard that criticism elsewhere too. Um, yeah. It's totally believable. With the Breaking Bad, my, my comment was more about how just like suddenly his superpower is that he is infallible and which is a big Walter problem White. I had. Yeah, which is a big problem I had with the last couple episodes of this uh, season yeah. that we'll get into eventually. Yeah, I guess Walter White in the last couple episodes of that series, I, I could see that criticism. But it's definitely the writing style of the two shows I find very different. Yeah, like so for ex- for example, we'll, we'll get into more detail on the general plot points of this episode. But for example, with the whole Lord Baelish death and that was so frustrating. That was um, go ahead. Yeah. So how it was like they set up these other the conflicts between Arya and Sansa, and then they evidently had a bunch of other scenes that weren't shown where they got on the same page together mm-hmm. and, and subverted. His expectation, at least, if not the viewers, said, oh, we do, we really do know what you did, Lord Baelish, and now you're going to die for it. That treason. So I feel like they were like, let's do this. We want to try to trick the audience, though, and then do this little surprise. That... Right. They just ran up against a deadline, I think, is what happened, production-wise. I don't know. That, that plot was really frustrating just because nothing was happening, because I don't care about Bran at all, and the show's done no work to make me care about Bran at all, and yet he's the most important of all of them. Uh, it's super frustrating not to me sorry i've just i've got some points going back to the fourth and fifth episode their sibling rivalry thing like really wasn't frustrating to me a lot of people thought that it was a betrayal of Arya's character those people have never had siblings those people have never moved away from home and gone back like there there is a very real thing like well explored in literature about just like um what's it called um associative regression where like you just when you go home you just are the person you were when you left i did make a similar point on the i think probably the episode five good Either five or, or maybe even last week. I don't. I don't remember which episode. But I did make a similar point with that about Arya. But at the same time, I still think you could criticize their. They could have done it a better way. Uh, totally. They, there could have been. Well, I. I don't know. So my kind of armchair. Uh, just to reiterate a little bit for you, what I was saying in my in my armchair uh, quarterbacking slash writing of uh, rewriting of what the season could have been. I actually thought that for a number of plot lines, it would have made more sense. If not Jon Snow was named King in the North, but Sansa was named Queen in the North. If they had just gone ahead and taken it from him in that scene where they were trying to. Who had taken it from? Uh, it, when when they suggested in uh, episode six. Of this season or last? I'm talking about last season. Oh, I see. When In the last episode of season six, when Lyanna Mormont's like, I want you to be king, and then everyone agrees with her. What if instead she had said, because Sansa was right this season when she said... I basically did win the war, not John, because I'm the one who got the Knights of the Bale on my side. And those ones who won. Totally right. So what if everyone had realized that and said, Sansa, you should be queen? Then Arya comes back. There's a better conflict there for me, because Arya's going to be like, wait, you're queen all of a sudden? Like, that's better than just, like, being left in charge, Lady Winterfell. There's more drama there, in my opinion. And it would make the Danny and John stuff make a little more sense, too, for me. Because then if they're going to have this love story kind of thing, it would be... Because, for example, I w- and Baelish mentioned it in this episode when he's talking to Sansa, trying to trigger still. He was like, oh, maybe they want to have a marriage pact. That would make sense. Right. I'm like, that would make exact sense. Why didn't they do that? Which they didn't do. But if it was like John wasn't named King ever, maybe he's just going on Sansa's behalf then to treat with Daenerys at the beginning of the season. And, of course, he's still going to tell her about the undead. That's what he cares about. But... Then if they start like she starts like falling for him, it's better drama there too because it's like it's not an equal of any kind. It's like oh he's supposed to be a bastard. Obviously they don't know who he really is. And then I don't know. I just felt like there, there would be more drama there. And what I told um what Prince Nam liked about my the- or my rewriting here, my idea here is that 
It would also set up a war between three queens. Right. Like Sansa, Cersei, and Daenerys. So. Yeah, and that, that sounds a lot cooler than um, some of the stuff that has been happening. I, uh, I don't know for sure that I would have bought the negotiations in that case. To me, Jon doesn't have the gravitas to um, be arguing with a queen and also wooing a queen if he's not the king in the north. But... He doesn't, I mean, he, he doesn't really seem to care about being king anyway, so oh, totally. I don't feel like he would have acted much Which is different. why I feel like it can totally be taken from him now. Yeah, well, but then everyone's going to find out that he's really Targaryen, so... I mean, now the conflict is going to be... Yeah, we're jumping around a little bit, but the conflict is going to be... I'm assuming, at least, who knows, but I'm assuming it's going to be... They both find out that, oh, we just did the old incest thing... Mm-hmm. Which fine? Do you think that's done for the relationship? I don't know. Or they move on. From I don't think. I mean, that it's people are saying like a, there's like a big meme on Twitter that's like season one people see Jamie yeah, and Danny and they're like, oh, or it's like the Drake thing where he's like pushing it away <laughs> and then he's like yes to John and Danny. The difference there is obviously Jamie and Cersei grew up together. They obviously know they're twins. Right. They know what they're doing is quote unquote wrong or immoral or maybe it's some you know moral judgments aside. It's uh, whatever. It, it's not proper for society, well, even and, though the Targaryens did do it. But yeah, well, and in a way, like the seven seasons of Jamie and Cersei doing it has been preparing us to yeah. think this but, lesser version. But when I see totally okay. yeah, when I see Jamie and Cersei together, it's still gross to me. Kind of. But John and Danny, they don't know that they're related, so it's not really as bad that way. Also, totally. like Targaryens did have it. I think Danny at one point assumed she was going to marry Viserys when she was a kid. Like so. She's probably yes. cool with that. But so they're going to have an awkward... I'm sure John is going to feel awkward about it. But regardless, the, the, the uh, drama is going to come in or the conflict's going to come in where technically by the letter of the law, Jon Snow, a.k.a. Aegon Targaryen, is really the, the heir to the throne, not Danny, because she, she would be below him now mm-hmm. in the succession. But obviously, I don't. it doesn't seem to me like she's going to go for that, right? I mean... Right, and I think... Just like with the plot point where everyone was, was thinking he might give the sword to Jorah, well, he will offer to give it, and I don't know that they will accept either Sansa or Danny. Well, Sansa, I mean, I guess that's interesting too. Then are they gonna? Is John gonna say there is no king slash queen in the north, and it's all one kingdom again with mm-hmm. Daenerys ruling it? If he does, which is why a marriage pact makes so much sense. Yeah, but that, that's why I was getting frustrated last episode too because he should have instead of bending the knee to her, he should have said let's do marriage totally but he really doesn't seem to care about being king obviously but he still knows that he needs all the northerners on their side the northerners which are now about to be overrun by uh the white walkers it's finally, happening it's here years later they finally get to the wall and got through the wall let's talk about the very end of the episode i guess the night king has his trusty steed now viserion aka uh me and prince nam we're calling him t- well prince nam had uh been calling Rhaegal and Viserion Wheezy in two chains. <laughs> yeah. I don't recall how he came up with that, but now uh, Viserion is turned into four chains when they use those big chains to pull him out of the drink there. Okay. Now he's ice chains. I don't, we couldn't, we didn't get a great name for him, but anyway, he's got blue fire, are we assuming that was? Uh, that was not ice. Yeah. It was, it didn't look exactly the same as the regular fire. Obviously. Right. The effects look different too. I mean, yeah, um, well, like, and he's not an ice dragon. Like, he's just a magically he's a, augmented a white, dead yeah. dragon. Yeah. So, like, his powers are still the same. It's just like his fire looks fucking cool now. Yeah. To be fair, the red fire looked fucking cool. 
I guess maybe the difference is they on the regular fire they can use actual real fire and kind of like make make the effect from that. With this blue fire, they have to just make it up entirely. The then scene did look the style looked a little different to me than other episodes of the show with the graphics mm-hmm. and special effects. I guess a little bit. We saw Tormund and Beric there, which they were lucky to even survive to this episode. They probably should have died last time, but I guess yeah. they need. I guess in the show's eyes, they wanted the writers' eyes. They wanted characters we know to be here for this scene to see it which is not completely necessary i don't think but i I like the characters so i'm not like mad they're not dead but yeah it does give us so like when the uh fans attack that village in season what four that would have been yeah four uh like there was no one there we cared about we didn't care about ollie it was just like they used the fact that he was a child he was introduced in that scene but yeah. yeah Yeah, they use the fact that he was a child to, like, create audience engagement or, like, empathy. These are characters we care about. We care whether they went down with the wall. Um, Which, by the way, they did not, right? They did not what? They did not die, right? I'm assuming they didn't because they weren't shown. Yeah, there's no way they showed... And they were, like, kind of on the very edge. I used to watch it, and then, like, he... I think so. The Night King started a little bit over to the side going through the wall, so... They'll probably... I don't know how they're going to get down, but... Right. (laughs) I guess Tormund climbed the wall before anyways. But, um... (laughs) Yeah, so I don't... Oh, just about the characters living still. I mean, I get... This season in general, it seems like... They did kill off Baelish finally, but he was really the only major character death this season in general, right? Olena. Olena, okay. So Olena's even a smaller character than Baelish, I would say. She's like, tier below. Yeah, she's 1B. So, I mean, they didn't do a lot of major character deaths this season. It does seem like they want to save them all for the final Yeah, they're just out episodes. of expendable pieces. Yeah. They could, but they could have done more. I mean, they could have... If they did want to kill Tormund and Beric last episode, they could have either just still been at Eastwatch and had just random people there seeing what's going on. It's not like we really need a named character to see what's happening. Totally. Or they could have... The Whites could have went to... Uh, the White Walkers could have went to Castle Black, and we we know that Dolores Ed is there, and that's a character we know. We could have seen him looking at seeing what's going on, but... That's totally fair. Yeah, I mean, they could have killed every member of the Dirty Dozen last week, but then, like... Who would talk in the 12 hours of next season? Well, it's going to be only... Well, I, Six episodes, but, uh, all about two hours. Are you sure about that? Oh, okay, I thought it was going to be... That, I thought that was the be, announcement. Uh, I don't know how long okay, they're that, actually going to be. That would be cool. Be. I, thought, I was thinking it was going to be around like what this last episode was. The finale was like an hour 20. I was thinking that, that was plenty long, though. Yeah. It was, uh, that was a lot of shit. And like I said, I did like the episode. It I was mean, good. It's contrived still, but whereas... Episode 6 was contrived and had a lot of shortcuts and things I didn't like. Episode 7 was still very contrived, but had a lot of things I did like and character interactions I did like. And I like some of them in 6, too, but... Same. Everything south of Winterfell, I was totally fine with. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up Winterfell, then. Is there anything else you... Well, so we started already with... They're going through the wall. I guess... I don't know what the the next major place is by Eastwatch. It might be where the Umbres live or something, but I don't know what... They're just gonna run through... They're not on a direct path to Winterfell. I, I assume they're going to go that way, the, the White Walkers, I mean. Hard to say. They have no use for strategic points. Yeah. But I'm just assuming they're going to go where the people are. It's not risk because they get more points are. for conquering Winterfell. Well, I'm assuming they're going to go where the most people are, though. One would think. One would think. Because they, it's not like they're zo- mindless zombies. Like, the White Walkers do have seem to know what they're doing, obviously. So. Yeah. They could also straight up just, like, march south from where they are. Um, one assumes that John and Danny are taking the forces, their combined forces, to, like, rally at Winterfell. That's what they said. The, the battle might not be there. Maybe, but 
I mean, it, it'll make sense. Doesn't necessarily need to be. Logically. Yeah. All right, so we'll see. Um, but at Winterfeld, so there was two scenes. The first one was Baelish still trying to trick Sansa and the show trying to trick us. And then we see, obviously, that's not what ha- happened. That was so sloppy. It was, like The rest of the episode, like, I really did vibe with. It was so fucking sloppy. Just, like, those sentences that Baelish was saying in that last scene um, before he got got. Uh, the one the one alone with Sansa. Yeah. Sansa. I always like, those aren't sentences that he would too. say. Well, which ones? Those aren't sentences that, say, that he would say, and they're not, like the way that that actor they weren't said the way that actor would say them like it felt like they were doing a lot of lifting to like or the stage direction at that point had been just like say it so that people might think you're aria we know that we, we know people might think that at this point that's interesting i didn't pick up on that at all but but then he wasn't uh and then well i didn't so from my perspective i didn't feel like he was saying anything that he wouldn't I didn't feel like he was acting out of character at all. Oh, I really did. That That's fair, though. And then they get into the throne room, and they call Arya in for the trial that's not actually her trial. Well, this thing is smug to set up just to fuck with him, I guess. So, but, totally. Which is good, but... It's just like, I was here for it, actually, when it was people who we thought had become all-powerful, just like having human flaws and weaknesses yeah. again. But like you gave them this superpower that's they are infallible. It's not... Not interesting narratively this way. We're talking about Arya. Or yeah, it was like a cheap yeah. twist from like the worst Agatha Christie novel. I'm glad it's over. I mean, maybe those characters will do something useful next season. Although with Bran, I'm not even sure. Well, okay. So I liked the scene overall, even though I didn't really like how we got there. And if I'm thinking about Book Baelish, the show one character, it's a different character now. But if I'm taking the character I've gotten to know in the show... Mm-hmm. I liked the scene. I, I liked how it was like he was going through every step to try to get out of it, and it was increasingly obviously getting more hopeless for him. Like he even tries to ask the guy to take yeah. Lord Royce to take him back, which obviously he doesn't do. Then he starts begging and stuff. I, I I think he that makes sense to me. I think that isn't the character that they've set up that he would try everything possible, and then obviously it's he's dead. So I had no problem with the scene in that regard. I liked it, actually. I liked Sansa's dialogue. I, I thought there was good dialogue in the scene, mm-hmm. throwing his words back to him, things like that. I know you're being tough on Bran now, but I liked his little aside about the, you know, about, like, what you did to my father. You put a, a knife to his throat. Sure. And I liked Arya Smirk. I liked all, all, everything that happened. I just didn't like, you know, they could have made a better plot line to get there. So in the book, I feel like Baelish never would have put himself in this situation at all. If he was there and... Well, first of all, he never would have had the marriage to the Bones, which was dumb. That was contrived also. The show just wanted needed that to happen, so they had Baelish yeah. shut it up. That was obviously his, for his major mistake in the show. Different character, fine, but like a book, Littlefinger wouldn't... Even if he did get that far and was at Winterfell, as soon as Bran shows up talking about like things he shouldn't know about, Baelish has got to be out the door at that point. Right. Get out but then, here. I mean, where does he go from there? Like, he, well, he's he could not go back, back to the Vale. He could go back to the Vale at this point. They would have to go get him then, or... I, mean, I feel like he left the veil because he knew it wasn't a tenable situation there. Like, his his, his power center maybe, wasn't he as brought all the, as he thought. He brought all the all their soldiers. Sansa brought them. Well, they did, so they he still was nominally in charge of them, though. I mean, yeah. So it's not like he cut his ties off of the veil. Nah, he's in charge. He was in charge of the veil, I think, the way Trump's in charge of the United States military. Maybe, I mean... Well, the military likes <laughs> likes Trump a lot of them. So. <laughs> Some military veterans like Trump. But anyway, I don't know if the if the parallel is exactly right there. But, but yeah, I, so Littlefinger, the way he got into you on the show, I was more than happy to see him die. 
Yeah, it was. It, in the book, it, it I like with it being over. In the book, even though he's a complete uh, bastard, still <laughs> not literally, but you know, a complete psychopath that's ruining everything and doing everything. Mm-hmm. It's his character is so intriguing that like I don't even want him to die in the book. At least not not in this way or not right now. But for Show Littlefinger, this was a satisfying enough death to me. So I was okay with it. Obviously, you are not feeling it though. You wanted him to live still, or just them to do it a better way. I just wanted that plot to be interesting at all and pay off narratively I mean, what if, in a way that it did not. What if they had somehow made it so he did escape Waterfalls and tries to ally himself yeah. with the White Walkers, like the Night King? Like that's how far <laughs> down he goes. I, I, that would have been satisfying. Yeah, that would that would have been really funny. So okay, so that was everything. Oh, then also Winterfell Sam shows up, which leads into the the uh, mo- not montage, but the cutting across of yeah. So Sam of, of Danny and John banging, but evidently, even though it, it didn't seem like Sam was paying any attention to his wife there when he was, you know, does take credit for her achievements. Yeah, when he was, uh, yeah, that's that's in his character now. I think when he was um, bitching about the Citadel, he still at least heard what she was saying and and realized it later at this point. Yeah, that it's not John Sand, it's Aegon Targaryen. Now, why did Rhaegar name? He's like a George Foreman of Westeros over here, naming all his kids the same thing. Because he already had a son named Aegon at this point that was still alive. Yes. So he just wants all his sons to be named Aegon or what? It's kind of so stupid. I, I personally know. have no insight. Um, in the Ringers coverage, they were they were talking about how Rhaegar like was totally up on the prophecy and knew that like right. whatever whatever uh, knew like certain things needed to happen. So he named one child Aegon that wasn't him. He named another child Aegon, hoping that it would be would be the prince that is promised. Yeah, and then also they they mentioned just like. His name being Aegon is an acknowledgement that, like, Lyanna, having named him that, is an acknowledgement that she was not a captive. Uh, Robert well, Trebellin yeah. was built on a lie. Plus, anyway, Bran saw what happened. They're obviously getting married. Toast. forcing her anyway. Right, but, like, but, they couldn't have predicted that Bran would have the ability to just see every moment in time. Oh, so, so you're saying Lyanna was thinking ahead. Yeah. To, to show people that. Yes. Okay. But then, it's not like she told, when she was di- on her deathbed, she told Ned, we're assuming she told Ned to take care of Aegon, but she didn't tell him, show, tell everyone what his real name is. It seemed like she said. Well, she said, in fact, the opposite. Promise me you'll keep him safe. Yeah. So, so I guess at the time that she, but she named him at that at that point. Maybe they had talked about it. Obviously, they had talked about it when Rhaegar was still alive. But mm-hmm. if the point was to name him Aegon, so everyone knows that they were really together for real, not a captive. At the point when he's actually born, Rhaegar's dead. Yeah. And she and she now wants John to be hidden. So what's the point of still naming him that? Well, I mean, his name is Aegon. He is Rhaegar's heir. Right now, they want Aegar to have no heirs. Please hide him. Okay, so eventually, yeah. unhide him. That's my understanding. So so do we think there is any chance that if Ned was still alive at some point, he would... Because he did say the last time he saw John. to have that conversation. Yeah, so was it going to be like when John turns 18 or something, tell him try to reveal him as a t- but that wouldn't make sense because they didn't know that, that Robert would die and that the Baratheon line would get usurped well I mean yeah I mean I have no trouble believing that Ned's plan all along was like let me go deal with this bullshit that my friend got into then I'm going to come back north I'm going to have this conversation with my son we'll see what we want to do about that then we'll see what's feasible probably we continue to hide him as my bastard who I may legitimize because like I feel really sorry for him and love him yeah and and obviously Ned Stark still gets a lot of play in almost every episode. It seems like he gets name checked. Yeah, Arya and Sansa. They, there was another scene of Winterfell with Arya and Sansa, which was also a nice scene. I thought um, when they're standing up top. 
That, and that was fine. Yes. And they're like, that's what we actually want to see from them, that they're actually like cool with each other, not cool enough at least. Well, if they are really cool with each other, yeah. we could at least have known that the whole time instead of like yeah. me thinking they were doing something interesting with the characters. Well, but moving it, on. I mean, I don't think it's to say that there wasn't really conflict between them at first. I sure. don't think that was fake. They just accepted each other now. But anyway, whatever. But also, John and Theon have a conversation about Ned. Yeah, this was a great scene. I thought just because I really think Alfie Allen's the best actor on the show. Maybe him and Lena Headey are tied. I was about to say they're the best. Yeah, I know you love her, of course, but they're like even with writing that's not always there. They they both really give great performances always. Well, and the writers of the show must think that they, that they must have the same relationship to his like acting chops as fucking Paul Thomas Anderson does to Joaquin Phoenix. Why keep him through that like nothing plot? Why ha- like I, uh, engineer a whole plot true. around him just? being tortured for three seasons if they didn't just want to give him airtime because they believed in him. Yeah, which fine. I mean, like, on one hand, people would say earlier seasons of the show, I know some TV critics or people that didn't read the books were getting frustrated with certain things where they're like, like, for example, I remember some people really liked the, the actor that played Renly and they, they liked that character. Mm-hmm. Then he died the way he does in the books because that's how it has to go. And they're like, that was a waste of that character. Could have got more out of him. In this case, now the writers are doing their own thing and they're like, this is a good performer. We can get more out of him. Yeah. That being said, I do think Theon's going to have a lot to do in the books going forward. It's not the same plot he has in the show, but I do think he's going to have a lot to do based on the last, how much he was involved in A Dance with Dragons, the last published book, and some other theories and things. But regardless, why are they even keeping him now? So at the end of this, so John forgives him, kind of whatever. They have a nice scene. Then he has a little fight with that captain. Yeah. Apparently, once you get your dick... And balls, I guess, cut off. You have no feeling down there, which I wouldn't think would be the case. But also, I'd feel like that guy definitely should have known that he has nothing going down there. It's not the right... Even if it does hurt somewhat, it's well, not the right thing to Well, they were grappling, which is like... Yeah, but he gave him, like, a couple. Like, he seemed surprised. And then and then as soon as you as soon as soon you kick a guy, a guy with no balls in that area, now you're done for. You're going to lose that fight. Right. Uh, which happens... But if his only plotline is to go rescue Yara now, it does seem like there's not much point so they tip their hand for next season, the showrunners. Cersei does not plan to honor this truce. Well, right. They're going to need a Navy. Yeah. And it's just set up for that. I get... Well, yeah, okay. I guess that makes and sense. And, like, the on Redemption arc, because, again, they need Alfie Allen. Whatever. Or they think they need Alfie Allen. I don't super have a use for him or his sister. No, no, no shots of just, like... When I said earlier, the show is clearly out of expendable chess pieces. Those are two. Those two and Euron, actually, that I, I would be fine with getting rid of well you're on they, they obviously brought him in late in the game because they needed an ally for Cersei yeah but that's the main reason and who controls ships and navies it's not like the show's that careful about this plotting but they it couldn't be just anyone but let's backtrack all the way to the beginning then before we talk about Euron and Cersei's machinations because that was the end of what mm-hmm. we saw like I'm saying it's contrived because all the characters that we know are together that's another tip to me this was another narrative tip off that Baelish was absolutely fucked to this episode because barring the Stark children basically every major character we know basically was in this dragon pit scene yeah except Lord Baelish so he's like really on his own now that means he's done for which is what happened they get everyone together which leads to some good meetups you know the Hound meets yeah. Bran again the Hound's obviously in a much better place these days he's happy that Arya's safe I think he, it seems like he feels um I don't know if pride might be too strong a word, but he, he feels... I think like it's some, pride. Yeah, he, like he accomplished something there, at least. 
And then Brian kind of meets Jamie again a little bit and just, just keeps trying to get him to do the right thing, yeah, which so may or may not be working. Podrick meets Tyrion again. That's good. That's cute. He still is a he still loves his boy Tyrion. What was it? what were the other big meetings? Oh. Bronn then Bronn took pot and was like, We don't need to be in this scene, let's go <laughs> meet some male and prostitutes, I assume. Yep. What were you gonna say then? The the hound meeting the mountain. Like I right, didn't so think course. we were going to get Clegane yeah. Bowl. It's clear after this episode that we are. I was certain uh, next that we season. I've been saying it all season, I'm certain we are. That's why I went with the suicide seven that went up. The only other than John, the only one that I was certain would survive was Sandor because I knew they were gonna have to do Clegane I Bowl. really thought they were going to tie off his redemption arc. Uh just like he overcomes his fear of fire to save John because he believes in something larger now. Um, but as we saw, he didn't yeah, overcome that fear. That did not nothing. happen. Um, and will he ever? Possibly not at this point. Which top, could be realistic. I don't know. Top 10 TV, like, threat of the decade? No, no, no. You know who's coming for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but you know what I was surprised by so in the scene? I really thought the mountain was, like, a lot taller than him. I mean, I know he's tall. It's supposed to be really tall, too. But, like, I thought the mountain was supposed to be, like, nine feet tall. And he was, like, six five or something. Like, yeah. They looked like they're almost eye to eye. I know, but like the mountain is supposed to be like the top, the biggest man in the world type yeah. of thing, or in the known world. I think they hired the biggest fucking man in the world. Yeah, the strongest man. He was the second strongest man in yep. the competition or something. Guy from Iceland, Hafbjörn or something. I think his name. Sure. But anyway, he doesn't acting wise. He doesn't have a lot to do. Right. <laughs> and uh, and Sandor is like, yeah, you're not looking so good. You look uglier than me at this point, which is true. This kind of uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles type of villain looking kind of. Yeah, I really, I really love that interaction. But well, he didn't that, so, that action. So I mean, we'll I'll skip past what they said initially at first to say that the mountain didn't actually get to kill anyone this season that we saw. Right? He no. Uh, Cersei wouldn't unleash him at all because twice in this episode she yep. had a chance for some good old fratricide, and neither neither bullet was fired. She had them because both she's on the not table. Not really that bad. She's not really the villain. Self, well, self-love and, like, self-interest is the villain. All right, so we'll, we'll talk about that more in a second. But first, let's get to the meeting. The, the Hound is basically in charge of wrangling this white, mm-hmm. kicks it out of the box. Did you think at all that it was going to be like, oh, it's, it's dead, it's not going to wake up? This I thought, I, I, I had that thought, uh, thought that that would be very fucking funny, but then that it couldn't, it just couldn't be. Yeah, it would be too stupid. So it comes out. It gets pretty close to Cersei running there. It does. Well, first of all, I guess we should say that. So they show up. Danny shows up separately on, on a fucking dragon. Makes a misstep, which Cersei notes later. Of she shouldn't have brought the second dragon, knowing that there's no third anymore. Yep. There, I didn't. Yeah, that was stupid. But she wanted to have her whole show force. All her armies surrounded the capital as well, which Bran and Jamie looked down at. But at the meeting, then also Cersei's like. Oh, we've been waiting for you. And she, like, you got there two minutes ago. But of course, that's, she would say that. Then, yeah, so the, the white is on the chain, but it gets really close to her. And she didn't seem sh- shook by the dragons at all. She did a good job of not seeming shook by the dragons yeah. at minimum. But she was shook by the white coming at her, it definitely seemed like. Yes, quite. Oh, she also, um, back to reactions real quick. That fucking look she shoots Tyrion right, right when they get there. Yeah. Whew. Okay, so then they, like, cut it in half, and then it's still going. John does this demonstration. Kyburn is like, this is a great day for him. He's he is so hard right now. Yeah. He's like... So you know that 
There's a meme now that I've I've really been enjoying quite a bit where uh, I think it's like the, the the most popular meme going on Twitter and stuff right now with like yeah. the guy looking at his girlfriend's getting pissed because he's like turning his head around doing like a comical look at this other girl. Mm-hmm. That looks pretty much the same as his girlfriend, but you know which meme I'm yeah, referring yeah, to. Yeah, no, I'm on so, the Twitters. Of course you are, Lord Han. But I was laughing at one I saw that was, it had Kyburn's head on the guy. It had the white as the girl he's looking at, and it had the mountain as the one that's pissed off girlfriend. Fuck yeah. So that was good. But uh, I guess, do you think, since since he's able to, obviously it's not the same thing, but since he, with science we're assuming, is able to at least keep people alive, if not bring them back to life, I feel like Cersei could be like, well, my guy Kyburn here can do this sort of thing. This could be a trick. Like, you might have had someone bring this guy back to life. Like, this... Hmm. This is I kind of proof that. for people, but it's still it does still like Jamie's obviously very brought in, bought into this. Like, oh, we have to go fight now. There's still no actual proof that there's like millions of like a hundred thousand of these or whatever. I guess it's believable enough, but I, I they don't have like a camera to like take a big picture of it or something. But right. like, do you think you thought this was enough proof that the threats that serious that they all need to have a what do you call it when you stop a war? A tr- well, truce. A truce, but there's a, a different word. A ceasefire type of thing and like work together. I think. Two things. That she utterly believes the claim. That she deeply understands the threat. She knows they're not fucking around. And number two, just like has always been the case with her character, she is so self-interested, so worried about like how everything is going to affect her, and so like focused on her singular, her, her nearest goal, which was arming the troops to get the... Or arming the fates to get the Tyrells off of her back. And now it's fucking Danny right in her face at Dragonstone. That she is going to make another play, win in the short term, and fuck herself over in the long game. Because she has proven that, not that she's incapable, but but at at bare minimum that she needs some kind of counsel in order to look long. Same, it it totally parallels John. And this is your hero. What? This is your hero you're describing. No, this is the love of my life. Oh, okay. Oh, it could be both, I guess. Yeah, well. It parallels John. That's interesting. So, even though it's obviously from different perspectives. Like, right, John's John is, is being is, altruistic, yes. where she's being utterly selfish. But he's incapable of making they selfish do, decisions to further right. his... It, it, it's it's the exact opposite. And it's even shown Retro-care. here. Yeah, so that's a good parallel. Good job coming up with that, Lord Hand. But he says that... Well, oh, John shows this how he won't. He's so honorable, or won't lie and stuff by not lying to Cersei when everyone's Ugh, like, yeah. Like they just do a reaction with like every character like face palming, like Tavo, Stanny, like Tyrion, like God damn it, just tell a lot. Even Theon brings it up to him later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but did you buy his excuse that if everyone lies and words don't mean anything anymore, and that's what caused all this? Or, I believe that he believed it. Yeah, but do you think it has merit as like? A reason for doing what he did internally in the self-contained circuit that is Jon Snow totally or well I should say Aegon Targaryen well I mean do you think that so like Baelish I'm not even talking about how Jon if Jon thinks he's right or not but this idea that he's coming up with that lying has caused all this war to happen that could have merit because I guess because like character like Baelish or Varys too that's what they trade in and they're and we see them as like mm-hmm. the puppet masters right so he actually is kind of right even though you yes. should have done that. So there's merit to that statement. I would yeah. push back and say that um, what has caused these wars is knowledge and the concealment of that knowledge. Um, okay. So, like, technically lies, but just, like, lies so that you know a thing that someone else doesn't because knowledge is power. Yeah. 
Well, I guess the, like, little figure killing Lisa, or bringing about the death of Lisa Aaron and then sending a note to Catelyn Stark saying, that, I mean, that is a straight-up lie. Right. I mean, subterfuge definitely tied a lot of these knots that we're now just, again, chopping with the scissors of infallibility. So then what happens is Tyrion has to go on a solo mission to talk to the sister. Right. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. It was not a good narratively, idea. Narratively, but, but does dramatically. Yeah, I guess. Which is kind of like what they do now in the show. We've, yeah. we mentioned it already. They're more into that symbolism and stuff. And it was a good scene between them. Obviously, they're two of the stronger actors. Oh, God. It was such a good fucking scene. Um, we'll talk about the scene itself more. But real quick, did you think that at any point Cersei was going to... Because then she comes out and like says she's with them. Did you ever think at any point that was true? Or you knew all along that she would are you asking me if I thought that they would convince her, or if I thought that she was would there any genuinely point, be convinced? Or was there any point that you thought she would send the troops to help out? Yeah, when she said it, it didn't occur to me that she might be lying. Which, of course, really? she would. Yeah. See, okay, so I was like, I, I don't believe her, so... Yeah. The Euron thing, I didn't really catch... Like, I was kind of like, oh, she took that pretty well, him walking off. But I didn't necessarily think at that point they were in on it together. Because it makes sense in hindsight, but... It's not like they knew they were going to see that thing, and then he could use that excuse of, like, I'm scared of this, so... I mean, maybe they could have... In fact, they did know. That's what Tyrion... Um, it can be It can be assumed that Tyrion well, had to tell them something to agree to this. Like, he was there in the capital. He did tell Jamie exactly what was going that's to happen. That's true. But this, they're doing this meaning to show the proof. So what if it was, like, the thing just did die and it was nothing? Like, what's your... I'm going to be like, well, I'm scared of this... Uh... This corpse, I gotta I think they would have figured out a way, or he would have just snuck away later. Yeah, I guess so. I guess at that point they wouldn't have had to fake the lie that your troops are going to be sent. Alright, but this individual scene with Tyrion and Cersei, um, why do you think she doesn't kill him? Is it only because she needs him to go back and go with the subterfuge that she's going to help out? And if she killed him, obviously it wouldn't work, or... Does she really not want him dead? Well, I mean, it's lucky that she needs him to survive this meeting so that she can go out and pretend to agree to the truce. Because then she would have to deal with that choice. She would have to actually make it. And that's her brother. She knows now that he didn't kill either of her children. Any of her children. Yeah. even the Well, one. she's still holding him. So she, she said she blamed him for well, the death, but she knows not. that he did not kill them. Yeah. Um, she, she didn't like her father. Uh, right, and she's taking his power essentially now at this point. Yeah, she, him dying got her exact, round, in a roundabout way, got her exactly what she's always wanted. Right. But so I you thought that it would have been a really tough choice for her. I don't think just in the same way that like when she had the mountain draw the sword, Jamie just got to say, I don't believe you and walk away. I think that it would have been something like that with Tyrion. Both of those scenes, oh, God. Yeah. That's what this shows. Yeah. yeah. That's what the show's about, not fucking dragons. I did like how Tyrion went straight for the wine bottle after he realized he wasn't going to die. Yeah. So, also, he figures out that she's pregnant. I mean, she was, like, patting her stomach, so it was kind of obvious, but it didn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure it out. Also, because he was, like, the way she was talking was, like, there's still someone to do this for, which there wouldn't be if she didn't think she had an air, air on the way. Well, and her giving that away... I should have known. Like, of course, she wants him to ask about her being pregnant, so that it's believable that she changed her mind. Oh, so you think she purposely? Nah, totally. Okay, that's interesting. My baby's the best. My, no one plays the game like her. I mean, it was a pretty obvious stomach uh, hand on the stomach there. All right, so then they go back. Everyone's like, "Oh, you changed your mind. Cool. Uh, you're you're Great, trustworthy." You. <laughs> they leave, and Danny and John are then. Oh, that I guess there's another scene where they're like saying how they're going to get back north. We already talked about their final scene, but they... What was even the point of this? Just to, to set up that they're going to be on a boat together so they could get to Bangan, right? I guess. 
Or is it just to show, show Sir Jorah making one last attempt to split them up? Oh my He's god. like, I think you Poor should uh, take the dragon up there. You definitely don't want to get on a romantic boat ride together. Right. Yeah, we needed but, to know, or I guess we didn't need to know, but it, it it's cool that we know like exactly how they're getting to the north end. That might even come to play like if they try to land the boat. Like That might come to play in the first episode of next season, which may be 18 to 24 months away. Well, then maybe they should just stay on the boat if these things really can't swim. Like, <laughs> right. they apparently conveniently can't do Right. I mean, like, the whole point of the long night is that everything freezes. There there yeah. are tales of the dead all the way in Essos. So, okay. like, the, That's like based the on, sea will freeze. That's kind eventually. of based on things that were written that aren't even in the main novels, but are, like, um, extra things like the world of Ice and Fire and stuff, right? Well, um, they mentioned, somebody mentions, uh, maybe the Red Priestess, maybe, is it Karth? Maybe some of the people in Karth. That's uh, where the warlocks were. The warlocks. Mention... Uh, in the show at all, or is this the book? And in the books, books. Yeah. In the, but they one of the, the story books. of Azura High, they, they just mentioned that the people from, like, the Shadowlands or whatever they call them just, like, have stories about the dead walking. Okay. Yeah, but it probably won't go that way in the show. Or maybe it will. Who knows? But, um... I mean, like, the story at this point, this whole season was entirely contained in Westeros. There's no reason. Yeah. I was just saying, just, like... Yeah, waiting on your boats, going back to your island away. Like, that's not going to happen. That wouldn't really work. Okay. Well, obviously, John wouldn't do it anyway. He'd try to get in the fight. But, um, okay, so Tyrion kind of, like, creeping in on them outside the door. Yeah, that that bugged me a little bit. Is Are they trying to say that he's, like, falling for Danny now, and that's why he doesn't want... It seemed like he wasn't cool. Like, you know, the look on his face was, like... Yeah. I hope that he's genuinely, like, worried just like, is don't it, don't fall in love right now. Uh, Copacabana rules, like, the, the entire world is at stake. It is most likely that he has fallen in love with Danny, and, like, like everyone who meets her does. Because they, they did make a point to say that, too, in their one conversation. Like, everyone that's, every guy mm-hmm. that meets you is falling for you. And she threw the bar, but he, he's and, too short for me. Uh, yeah, and another right, guy right in front of him. That's right. Which is funny, I like that. It was cute. The, what do you think about John and Danny's chemistry? Like, I see last episode, I was saying like they keep like Tyrion's mentioning it, Davos mentions like I see the way you look at her, but they didn't really show us that too much. Yes, they did. They gave each other fuck me eyes the entire season. Um, see, I saw from her to him. I didn't see as much from vice versa. But in this episode, I was starting to see it, and I did think their chemistry was pretty decent. Yeah, no, I thought it was adorable this whole time. Uh, I, I I was up north, and we we uh, we didn't take ravens, which was kind that of was a problem. Pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah, it was super super dumb. We we had to send a boy running. It was not great. Yeah, I'm so into their romance. I it feels dumb of me, but like it's sort of all I cared about for like long stretches of some of these episodes. Just like, can they please give each other longing looks some more? I just didn't see that much from. I mean, there was the cave scene where he's kind of, you know touching her and stuff, but other than that, I just didn't see him. Well, it's like when she lands the dragon and he pets the dragon. Yeah. That's like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, she looked like she was getting into him. I just didn't see the reverse happening. But well, when he leaves to go like start the mission, also there's a little bit there, a maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been really into it. All right, so you're more into it. You've been keeping closer tabs than I have maybe yeah. on this one. Well, so that one's just beginning, that romance. The one that's pretty much seems to be over now. Jamie Cersei. So. Clearing the way for yours, truly. Even though she doesn't kill him. Oh, you think that's what, it was? That's what <laughs> yes. the writers are like in the groundwork? I'm actually on the next season. <laughs> oh, sweet. Let me be on as an extra. So, finally, like, I've been wanting this forever. Yeah. And I felt like the show is keeping him around on her side for plot convenience sake. Not for what this character would really do, but fine. He finally wakes up now when she plots, mm-hmm. when she 
doesn't say she'll help out. She was lying. She calls him the stupidest Lannister. And yeah, that's brutal. She, and then the ultimate indignity, plotting with Euron Greyjoy, that dickhead, behind his back when he's supposed to lead the armies. Yep. But do you think he could have just, like, taken his army and went? Like, would they listen to him instead of her? I kind of feel like they would. Yeah, I, I, I think they might have. But he I'll decided he to just go on his own, it seems like, at least. Yeah. This, the, I mean, it goes back to the whole thing that, despite it, that, that it's the love of your life, realistically, Cersei never would have been able to take control the way she has. Other lords and things and soldiers. Well, I mean, they mentioned thrown her out. They mentioned specifically in the show, just like I mean, you're you say you're queen of the seven kingdoms. Like your power is really contained at this like King's Landing. But my argument is she wouldn't be able to stay in the Red Keep, say she's queen, and all it like. I think she would have gotten over overthrown immediately. But I think people are constantly learning their lesson about trying the Lannisters. Well, everyone who has come for the Lannisters has ended up on fire. Are Jamie and Tyrion going to be together now, or is his story leading part still a little bit? I think... So there's this, there's this tradition in, like, other fantasy literature where, like, uh, like Lord of the Rings and uh, the Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, of which I'm a very big fan, uh, of the Great Captain. So the guy who, like, wasn't really part of the story, which Jamie was, but whatever, character-wise, but just, like, is needed to lead the army so that, like, our heroes can go do whatever our heroes do during the fighting. Uh, just like an actual military mind uh, who can lead troops so that it's believable that an actual battle is happening. I feel like he's definitely going to meet them in Winterfell and offer his services for that role. Yeah, so that probably wouldn't put him and Tyrion back together. Yeah, I think so. I think they get to have like another heartfelt reunion where they argue about like the last 10 years of their history and uh, talk about Cersei and their dad and whatever bullshit. Yeah. And then Jamie's definitely going to kill Cersei eventually. Yeah, well, it seems like they said that up too. Now, also though... I kind of think, and we also saw the snow was finally falling in King's Landing. Yeah. First, I was like, John, come on, man, change your uniform up. You wear all these furs down south, or it's hot. Even Danny was still dressed up a lot, but but then I guess a couple of days later, it's snowing, so it was colder there. But I kind of see Jamie maybe, and this is based on show stuff, not book stuff. They had this extra kind of scene that wasn't completely not in the book in season one, where Jamie talks to Jon Snow. And he's kind of disparaging the Night's Watch, making fun of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though you're like, it seems hypocritical because like Jamie's also part of a very similar organization of the Kingsguard where he can't take wives. He right. can't. It's a very similar kind of thing. So like, why would he be making fun of John about this? And they, and it wasn't in the book, so why did they add the scene? And I hadn't really thought too much about it. But now that where Jamie's headed. I'm kind of thinking they're setting him up to... And there's no, there's basically no leader of the Night's Watch now. I mean, Dollar said has the position that John just gave it to him, the which is not even legal. Yeah. So I kind of think it's setting up for Jamie to like take over the Night's Watch and command that. Maybe at the end. Yeah, at the end, obviously, yeah. Now, I don't know where that leaves him. I mean, you still could kill Cersei, obviously. But at this point, it seems too obvious. Not that the show won't get, go obvious now, but... I don't. I don't know. The show has been perfectly fine veering right into obvious territory. Yeah, so, so it's probably fine, and that's why I think Clegane Bowl will still happen. Obviously, too, I think so. Now, even though I do, I, it probably will in the book. I mean, too, I don't know. That threat just has to be. You must follow through on a threat like that. Yeah. Uh, in prime time. Well, um, is there anything else from this episode we didn't touch on that you want to, or should we? Uh, I do want to go ahead to make some. Try to figure out what's going to happen next season. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so 
Well, we're talking about some of these conflicts. We think there'll be a Clegane go bowl. We'll think there'll be Valencar, even though they never said that in the show, meaning Jamie kills Cersei. I believe that, yes. And by the way, I gotta stick up for my boy Jamie too and go against your girl here. Because Cersei, of the three yeah, siblings, no, let's pause this and Cersei is dumber than Jamie and, and Tyrion. I don't care. She's, I'm, I'm not saying she's dumb, stupid, but... It is often is referred to as a low cunning. Like, she's yeah. very good at winning this moment like, in a way that ensures that she will lose like, the war. You and I have had this conversation. Right, right, that's true. But he's absolutely right when he's like, it, we can't go against it. Like, if the dead win, they're just going to come kill us. If the other people win, they're just going to come kill us. It's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Then she thinks the Golden Company will save them, which I don't think that's realistic, but I can see why she believes it. But either way... Maybe I'm going into the book a little bit, too, where it's more obvious that he's actually smarter than her, but I think that's the case. And I honestly think there's an argument, even on the show, too, that he's smarter than Tyrion as well. So we saw Tyrion got outmaneuvered by him in the war so far this season. Maybe it's not... You know what it is, actually? I know this isn't really a prediction for next season. Like I said, we're going to go into It's more of a... I just want to talk more about my boy Jamie, but what I think it actually is... He might not be smarter than his two siblings, but he's more rational and he's more... He doesn't get as bogged down with things like they do. Like, she's kind of crazy already, like, insane. She gets very caught up in, like, her schemes. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Tyrion's very self-destructive. Like, something goes bad for him. He goes on, like, a spiral, killing Shay, killing his father. Also, both those characters, Cersei and Tyrion, are essentially alcoholics as well, uh, as we've seen. And Jamie doesn't really have... He has a lot of baggage in the sense of his past haunts him, but... And people look down on him because of what he's done. But he doesn't have as much current baggage that's weighing him down in either direction. No, except a good old-fashioned, hopeless love story. Right. But now that that's... At least he's being rational enough now at this point. Sure. In the book for a while, but... Well, not a while, but earlier in the story and then in the show now he's like done with her hope i mean it seems like at least so i think so i don't know well it's a little character insight but um yeah so so how do you think these how do you think this could happen next season where they they get into like a where sandor and the hound meet up again and jane and cersei meet up again and like how will this happen so there will be there will be some throat clearing we're not immediately going to be in the last battle There'll be a lot of preparations, a lot of scenes of people talking in Winterfell. Maybe Jamie makes his way up north, offers his services to Sansa and John. Oh, why the fuck would I trust you? Etc. Etc. It starts to happen. There are skirmishes with the Army of the Dead. The Army of the Dead is in more than one place. And while the North is stretched a little thin, waiting for Lannister reinforcements, Lannister reinforcements hit the northern territories from below. In which case, Jamie has to withdraw from the front to deal with that and eventually through some deus ex machina gets in a room with Cersei and chokes her out to death with his golden hand. Okay. So you think he's going to... Can he choke it with the hand? It doesn't seem to have like movement of fingers. And stuff. Well, I mean, that's part of the prophecy. Golden, golden hand, whatever. Right. But but again, that wasn't part of the show. So True. I don't think that would be necessary. But he could stab her through the back like he did the Mad King and right. stuff like that. Give her one last stabbing. <laughs> Not the kind she wants. Um, this would have to happen after Klinge uh, Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty torn on if I want Jamie to kill her or not, because it, it is fitting and poetic on one hand, on the other it's almost too obvious. She is going to die spectacularly, and there's just no other way. There's no way that she dies. They do a twist where the fate that befell her mother befalls her, where she dies in childbirth, like giving birth mm. to a dwarf or something. Maybe. Maybe. That would be interesting, I bet, but it might not. 
be great. No. And it would if we want to go Valencar, if it's a baby boy dwarf, it still would be a little brother of Joffrey and Tommen, even though they're dead. I was still, thinking that too. Still the same parents, so I don't know, that could be interesting. Um, I just kind of thought of that. I mean, I had heard someone say, like, what if she gives birth to a dwarf, but because she hates Tyrion, but like that would, if, if that killed her as well, that would be poetic also. A little anticlimactic, though, I guess, for the general plot line. I think so. Like, yeah, she has to be murdered. And when you say Jamie's going to get meet some, I, I think you would meet some resistance trying to join them. Of but course. The thing is, you could always just ask Bran anything now and be like, Bran could be like, oh, I saw that. I, I uh, rewound the tape on Jamie, and I've been watching HBO. The league has made its decision. You know, I can say that he is honest about his intentions now. I hate that superpower. Yeah, uh, which is why, like, they're definitely going to need Helen Reed to come in. Uh, another prediction: they they're going to need the Reed so surgery. Will, so Reed will show up in a, in a non flashback sense. Uh, Modern day it's Helen. Uh, we're we're going to well, They didn't kill in... Mira, so they brought her back. They said she's going back home, so I guess the only mm-hmm. reason they do that is for her to bring her dad back. But... Yeah, totally. We're going to hear in April that some beloved British character actor was on set for three days and uh, has some things to say about it. Any, uh, who do you think it's going to be? We're out of names that I know. <laughs> Everyone you can name has already been on the show? Yeah. I feel like there's got to be some... Well, he's supposed to be a kind of small guy, right? He's like a small British actor that's uh-huh, been used. Uh-huh. Who... I don't know. Yeah, this is dead air. Like, who was in Harry Potter that hasn't been on yet? I, don't know. I, I think genuinely no one who was in Harry Potter has not been on this show. Except, well, what's her name? Uh, hasn't been Maggie Smith, right? Right, right, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is Alan Reed. Could be interesting. There we go. Probably a little too old and also a female. But, yeah, so maybe the way he pops in is, like, it's like a big um, scene in the Great Hall of Winterfell. Bran and everyone's arguing, like, trying to convince John and everyone else Maybe either John himself is pushing back on this notion, or some other lords are like, this isn't good enough proof just because you say it, Bran and Sam reading this book. Then that's when Holland pops in the door and confirms it as, like, basically was there and the only living mm. person that was in the Tower of Joy. So that, that could be how they do that. No trouble believing that. And then, like, a white pops up and just bites him on the neck as soon as he reveals the information. <laughs> right, <instead>. Antigone style. <laughs> Everyone fucking dies. Uh. Everyone dies as soon as they show up. Any other predictions for what else will happen? Fucking carnage. I guess the Golden Company is going to come over since they set this up. And yeah, I think more so. battles from that. I think Dragon next season I have a lot of hope that like what we are expecting from this season, like after the throat clearing, like people we love will die horribly. If anything, like they use the season A to bide their time. Uh, until the the last seasons in the order, like where, where, when they know what's gonna happen, B to like lull us to sleep uh, as far as like characters that we like not being around anymore. They have to be around for these other episodes, but like what they're around for is to die horribly saving somebody. Okay, real quick before we wrap up, let's throw out some names. Tell me, will they live? Will they survive the the series or not? Let's play this game. Arya Stark. Yes. Sansa Stark. Yes. Jon Snow. No. So far, I'm, I think I'm three for three with you. I can maybe see Arya dying, but... Daenerys Targaryen. Yes. Okay, I could see maybe they do... Since they're doing this love story now, maybe the twist is that she dies and then Jon lives still. And like it's like a, mm-hmm. he still has the trauma over that or whatever. He already lost Secret. Maybe it's a, 
Uh, and maybe it's like Danny finally is like finally has power over everything and then dies. Like I could see something like that happening. Yeah, they, um, they could get brutal again. Jamie Lannister. Yes. Survives. Yeah. Okay, I agree. So I'm gonna go with my Night's Watch thing. Theon Greyjoy dies heroically. Okay, I could go either way on this one. I could see him living, just because like you think he'd be the first. He should be dead by now more than anyone. Yeah, God, yeah. Like Varys. Varys. Varys has to die in the Strange Land. Okay, true. But he could have old age. I don't know. True. Will he die sure. on screen? Ah, uh, yes. I'll add Melisandre to that then, since she was the one who told him that. Carice will be back, and she will die. Okay, I agree, and. Finally, your girl, Cersei Lannister. We know that Number one she's going to die, right? <laughs> okay. All right, so that's going to wrap up. And maybe we'll do another... Look, it's going to be like people are saying till 2019. It, so could be, nice uh, it could be as late as like April 2019. Oh, boy. So we got a lot of time until then. We, I think the small council will be back in the interim at least uh, you know, once or twice. Maybe we'll do a, a different wrap-up uh, in a few weeks or something like that. I don't know. Maybe get some more blood out, onto the council. It's a little empty and dusty in here just me and my hand but uh the war took some real ones from us it did all those unnamed soldiers you brought north none returned huh not even that boy you sent running not even that or poor you, you left boy. him at the wall all right well that's gonna do it for today on the small council for your hand lord eric it's king of the pod drew signing off peace valhar morgulis mm-hmm.